Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And in today's episode, I want to talk to you about constructive criticism. It doesn't exist. I'm telling you now, unless you are so well adjusted, unless you are so sure of your confidence in a certain area, your abilities in a certain area, constructive criticism simply doesn't exist. It's just criticism. All you coaches out there, all you HR professionals, all you people that have been on management training where they talk about the sandwich, you know, they say, give them something positive to focus on, hit them with the criticism and leave them feeling good about themselves. It doesn't work. All they focus on is the criticism. You know this to be true because you're exactly the same. The bottom line is really simple. I can sit there all day long and say, you know what, Jack? First and foremost, I want you to know that I appreciate all your efforts and I want you to know that what you're doing for us is absolutely amazing. I also wanted to share with you how I think we can improve this one aspect of what you are doing. And then I just want to finish off by saying, you know what, I think you're an amazing guy. I think you do an amazing job and we really respect what you're doing around here. Jack heard nothing apart from the criticism in the middle, no matter how constructive it was framed, no matter how positively it was worded, Jack just heard that he wasn't doing something good enough. And if Jack's self-esteem is not rock solid, he probably heard, Jack, you're shit. Jack, you're not good enough. Jack, we don't like you very much. Now, I know that's not what you said. I know that's not what you meant, but that's all that Jack heard. More importantly, of course, when people give you constructive criticism, when people talk to you in that way, that's all you hear as well. This is really important for you to understand for both yourself, but also if you are in a position of having to give your Jack feedback. So if you do employ staff or you have contractors, outsourcers, maybe your clients you need to provide feedback for, just be aware that all the tricks and the tips and all of the hocus pocus designed to cushion the blow of criticism, fundamentally, all they are going to hear is criticism. Also, it's really important you understand this for yourself because I want you to protect yourself from that criticism from other people. It's okay to protect yourself from criticism. If you have dents or dings or nicks or weaknesses in your self-esteem or your self-confidence, any form of criticism, no matter how constructive it is, is going to chip away further at that. No matter how hard you try to be well-adjusted, no matter how hard you try and maybe frame that criticism yourself by saying, they didn't say it wasn't good enough. They didn't say I wasn't good enough. They just said that this could be improved. The truth matter is, it's gone in. We can only truly handle criticism in areas of our life where we feel really rock solid on. And people who feel really rock solid in themselves equally are the only people that can really withstand criticism. 
For most of us, we're just not there. We just don't feel that strong in ourselves with our own self-confidence and our own self-esteem. We have our own doubts. We have our own fears, our own fears of not being good enough, our own fears of being judged, our own fears that somehow we're not worthy. And when we hear criticism, no matter how well it's framed, it goes right into those weak spots, those weak links, those vulnerable links in our armor, and it goes right in, right into the heart of who we are, and it can weaken us further. I want you to understand this. Very few people have that cast iron, rock solid self-esteem and self-confidence needed to be able to withstand a high degree of criticism. For most of us, we can handle a bit of criticism, but too much and very quickly, we'll take it personally. We may end up getting defensive. We may end up beating ourselves up. We'll go away. We'll go home. It will fester. It will stew. It will grow into something even bigger and it will damage our self-esteem and our self-confidence further. So it's really important to first and foremost, judge your abilities to be able to withstand a degree of criticism. If you're feeling particularly vulnerable right now, then don't put yourself into any environments where you can expect to be criticized. Don't put yourself in any environments where people think it's okay to pass judgment on you or your work. Don't court that feedback. Don't court that criticism. In business, we're always being told to get the feedback from our clients, get the feedback from the participants of our programs or our courses, or if I produce this podcast, let me know what you think. The truth of the matter is, very few of us actually really want to know what you think, unless, of course, what you think is, I'm fucking amazing and it's awesome. And you're the same. You don't really want the negative criticism. You're hoping that you're doing a good enough job. You're hoping that you're having the impact you want to have. And the truth of the matter is, you're scared that you might not be on many occasions. And therefore, that feedback that you're told that you're meant to go out and court, you're actually scared of that feedback because within that, there will be criticism. If you ask people what they think of something, the chances are they're going to give you some negative feedback. It's human nature. There are people out there, your supporters that you can trust. And when you ask them for feedback, they'll tell you how well you did and they'll focus on the positives and they'll focus on the, the great aspects of who you are. But if you go out to the general public and you do something, you say, we want your feedback, expect to get criticism back. Now, this is really controversial, I know, because of course, we need that feedback. Without that feedback, how can we improve, etc., etc. But before you ask for that feedback, before you court that feedback, just check in with yourself and ask yourself, am I strong enough to be able to withstand this? Is whatever feedback I'm going to get right now going to positively impact me or my business so that I can move forward? Now, people who know me will tell you this, and it is controversial, I don't want your feedback. Okay. I never ask for feedback. I don't do feedback forms. If I do talks, presentations and that, I really don't want to know what I could have done better. Now I know this is incredibly controversial, but the reason I say this is really simple. As someone that understands low self-esteem and low self-confidence, as someone that had zero levels of self-esteem, zero levels of self-worth at certain times in my life, the damage it would cause me would be counterproductive. So when I was first putting myself out there on stage, for example, I was so plagued with self-doubt. I was so plagued that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy, that actually no one was 
a bigger critic of me than myself. I didn't need that coming into my field of reference. I didn't need to know all the things that I could do better. I didn't need to know all the things that I did wrong. What I needed to do was to build my confidence up to go back out there again and go back out there again. And I had to manage my own experiences around my own self-criticism. I had to be as objective as possible to look at how I could improve. And the truth of the matter is, there was so much that I knew that I needed to do to improve myself. I didn't need to open it up to the rest of the world to have their two pence worth. And even to this day, you will never, ever hear me say, we would love to hear your feedback. I might say to you sometimes, what do you think? Do you agree with me or not agree with me? I'm asking you to participate in my point. Do you agree with what I'm saying or do you disagree with what I'm saying? But I'm not going to ask you for your feedback. I don't want you to tell me what you think of me or my presentation style. Even to this day, it blows my mind how when you go on stage, when you put yourself through that, and most people, they're just not courageous enough or brave enough to put themselves out there into those positions of vulnerability. But it never ceases to amaze me how certain people think it's completely okay to come up to you afterwards and tell you what they think of you and what they think you could do to improve what you're doing. I'm incredulous to other people's idea that somehow when you put yourself out there in the public domain, that it's open season for them to criticise you. And I'm sure many of them think that somehow they're helping you. They normally kind of wrap this up in some way saying, you know, would you be interested in some feedback? Or they turn around and say, do you know what, if you, you know, would you like some pointers? I'm like, no, no. Like, I know how I want to improve myself. I know what I want to do to get better. I'm always reflecting back on what I'm doing. I'm listening to my recordings. I'm looking at my content. I'm looking at the feedback I get in the room, the live feedback. You know, is my content hitting home? Are they laughing at the right points? Not because I'm a comedian, but because actually it really aids learning if people are laughing, what's going down well? What content is getting that jaw opening up? What's shocking people? What's surprising people? What's making people really pause for a moment and reflect on themselves? I'm constantly looking at the feedback. I'm constantly judging from the interactions I'm having with people and the experiences that ha- I'm constantly on it myself. I don't need your input. Thank you very much. If I want your input, I would ask for your input. When I've got a mentor in the room and I've got someone in the room that I truly respect and I want that feedback from them, I will go up and I'll say to them, what do you think or what could I do better? I'll ask for it for specific people who I really want that feedback from. And it's people typically that I respect and it's people who I know have my best interests at heart. Whatever they say, I know it's for me. It's not for them. The truth of the matter is, much of the feedback that I've received over the years has been for their benefit, not my own. For them to feel significant. For them to come up and talk to the person and say, can I give you some help? Can I give you some pointers? You know, I'm a speech expert. I'm a this, I'm a that. And actually, you know what? It's not for my best interest. And much of the criticism that you're receiving and you're on the receiving end of, it's not for your benefit. It's actually people doing it for their own gain, their own significance, their own importance, for whatever reason. And I have compassion for that. But the truth of the matter is, I don't welcome it, I don't court it, because it doesn't serve me. So I want to end the first part of this podcast by saying to you that actually it's okay if you feel the same. 
It's okay. If you're on your own journey where you're improving yourself, improving your performance, improving what you're doing, it's okay for you not to court and not to receive feedback from other people. I do advise you to get feedback from those people you trust, the people you know that have your best interests at heart, the people that when they say something that you don't want to hear, you know genuinely it's coming from the best possible place. And if you're still vulnerable and you're still not in the strongest place you could be to be able to receive that, even from those that love you the most, then it's okay for you to say to them, please, I honestly don't need your feedback right now. Or honestly, I'll ask for it in a minute, you know, at some point in the future, whenever. But right now, I just want to enjoy this moment or I just want to reflect myself on what's happened. Does this make sense? It's okay to do that. And people will not make it okay for you to do that. And that's why I'm doing this podcast right now, because I want to make it okay for you to not receive that feedback. I also want to make you understand the impact you're having when you give that feedback, that criticism to other people. Maybe it's your child, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's another speaker, a coach, maybe it's another person in your business, an employee, maybe it's a client. Just be aware that what you think is constructive criticism is probably just criticism and nobody actually reacts well to just criticism. The second part of this podcast episode, I just want to help you understand at some point you do need to open up to that criticism and it could be given to you as criticism, it could be given to you as feedback But at some point, you will need that in your business because you will need external eyes on what you're doing in order to improve yourself. It could be a mentor, I've already just said. It could be someone you respect in your industry, in your game. It could be a a client you respect. It could be a family member, a friend, your spouse. But at some point, you will want to get eyes on something and just say, you know what? Did I do okay? Was this okay? Was this good enough? And you need that because you'll want to take your game to the next level. The way you do that is you strengthen your self-esteem and your confidence. I've already said it at the beginning of this podcast, areas of your life where you feel strong in, when you feel confident, areas of your life that you feel that you have a high degree of knowledge, skill and ability, those are the areas that you're most open for receiving criticism on. So as you get better at what you're doing, as you perfect your craft or your product or your service, The stronger you'll get in terms of how you feel about that product and service, the more confident you feel in it, the more open you are to receiving feedback. So my message here really is if you're vulnerable around criticism right now, then you can protect yourself from it. Hone your craft, get better at what you're doing. You need to have that feedback, even if it's from yourself, to make things better. Of course you do. As you get better at what you're doing, as you feel stronger about what you're doing, then you can court more external feedback. The stronger you feel, the more you can open it up to the the world at large. The bottom line is the world can be a massive, massive critic. The world can sometimes enjoy nothing more than to bring somebody down. We see it in the press, the media, the news. We see it with individuals. We might even see it in our own life. Now, there's a whole lot of reasons why this is so, and that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about making it okay 
to not receive criticism, making it okay to not ask for feedback, making it okay to allow yourself to be the best judge of what you're doing, to constantly improve yourself, to gain the confidence in yourself, to build that momentum in what you're doing so you get to a position where you're strong enough to open it up for that feedback and criticism. Open it up to those you trust and those you feel safe with initially and then as you progress, you get to open it up wider afield. In my business right now, I'm telling you, most of the feedback that comes into my business never even hits me. I don't see it. Tracy knows, my partner in life and in business, knows that I'm still mostly not interested in that feedback. Now, her and the team, they might need to improve things in the business. So most of the feedback, most of that criticism, it sticks with them. They don't take it personally like I do. They ultimately aren't responsible for standing in front of the room full of people consistently every week, every month. So what they do is they act as that dam and then they look at what needs to be improved. They look at how they can improve things. I'm also looking all the time at how things can be improved. Certain information doesn't get to me. Certain information does get to me. It's on a need-to-know basis. And the stuff I need to know that I need to know, that's the stuff that I hear and I get involved in. Does this make sense? If it was all going to shit, if I was massively missing the mark, of course Tracy would approach me and say, George, we are going way off here. Of course I hear that kind of feedback. She tells me feedback like people are really buying into this kind of content. She'll tell me what went down really well. Because you know what? Just like a child, right? If you want a child to perform better, you tell them what they did well. So when things go well, I want that feedback because I want that feedback of what they want more of. That's great feedback. I'm less interested in what they don't like. I'm really interested in what they do like. Number one, for my own ego and my own self-esteem, I'm not going to lie to you. But secondly, because actually I want them to positively reinforce in me what they want more of rather than criticize what they want less of. So as a business now, we are mature, we are well adjusted and we do accept feedback and we look at that feedback. However, as an individual, the figurehead of this business, the one that has to go out there continually standing in front of the rooms, standing in front of the crowds, doing the talks, creating this podcast, for example, I don't need to know every single thought that people have about my own personal performance, about whether I speak too fast, whether I stutter, whether I swear too much, my accent, oh my God, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. One of the common ones I get is you speak so fast. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not, you know what I mean? I get it. The truth of the matter is, that doesn't bother me anymore, but I don't need to hear it. What do I care? Yes, I do speak fast. That's like going to a Led Zeppelin concert and saying it was loud. Yeah, it was loud. Does this make sense? Oh, yeah, you know, you, you swear a little bit. Yeah, I know that. I've got Tourette's. I'm aware I swear a little bit. This is not constructive to me. I don't need to know this shit. This is your opinions in you. And it's your reasons that you want to share with me. It's for you. It's not for me. Does this make sense? Anyway, I'm going to leave it there with you. Leave that to ponder. I know it's divisive and maybe you're really well adjusted and you think I'm missing a trick or maybe you really understand where I'm coming from. You're like, you know what? You've given me permission there to not have to receive criticism. Even if you are strong enough to receive criticism and you don't even know what the hell I'm on about right now, understand that people you communicate with and that you're close to do feel the same way. And actually, you wouldn't want to be the person that makes them feel worse about themselves. You wouldn't want to be the person that damages is that person's self-confidence. So just be mindful of it as you offer your opinions, your feedback, and your criticism. 
Okay, I'm gonna leave it there. Thank you once again for joining me on this podcast. I always appreciate it, you know I do. If you do identify as having lower levels of self-esteem or self-confidence than you would want for yourself, then I've created a 28-day self-esteem reboot challenge. Hundreds of people just like you have participated in this program. It's, again, completely free of charge. It's a resource that I wanna make available to you. I'm absolutely committed to helping business owners become successful, and the bottom line is I see many small business owners plagued by self-doubts, low self-esteem, or low levels of self-confidence. I wanna help you get the cast iron, rock-solid self-confidence and self-esteem that you need in order to take your business and yourself to the next level. The 28-day challenge consists of a short video between five, maybe 10 minutes every single day of content to help move you forward with your self-esteem and confidence. And also, it's a booklet that you work through. I'd say it takes about 10 to 15 minutes per day. So a total of maybe 20 minutes per day to absolutely reboot your self-confidence and your self-esteem back to where they need to be for you to be able to perform at your optimum. As I say, hundreds of people have done this before. Every single person that completes the entire 28-day program as I set it out sees the benefit. For some, it's the beginning of their journey of self-esteem and confidence. For many, it is profound, the impact that they have over the 28 days. If you're up for the 28-day self-esteem reboot challenge, you'll find all the information, all the details at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash reboot. biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash reboot. Get yourself on the 28-day self-esteem reboot. We've also got a Facebook community supporting every single person that goes on that reboot journey. I'll put the link to that in the descriptions. I'll also put the link to the Six Figure Fast Track. This is my webinar, my masterclass for five-figure business owners doing 30, 40, 50, maybe 60K in turnover that wanna hit 100K or more in the next 12 months or less. You'll find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll put that link in the descriptions as well. Get your business on the fast track, get your self-esteem rebooted, and let's get 2020 off to a massive start. I'll see you next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. We'll be right back.